is the one um, on loving our enemies. And this is from, uh, I'm going to read the version from the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter and the 27th verse here. So here are these words. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who abuse you. And if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. If from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who bakes from you. And if anyone takes away goods, do ask for them again. Do others as you have done you. Love your enemies. And these are the words of God for uh, each and every one of us here today. And so as we take some time just to pray and to reflect on these verses, uh, um, these are one of these scriptures that whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, everyone has heard this expression, this command from Jesus to, to love our enemies. And as we take some time to, to pray, um, I'd like to ask ourselves the question, what does that actually mean? What does it mean? to love our enemies? What does that look like in practice? So let's take a, a few moments just to, to pray and to reflect on that. What does it mean in practice for us to love our enemies? Let us pray. So what does it mean when Jesus says uh, to love our enemies and what does that look like in practice? And um, so I'll just offer that up as far as any thoughts or ideas, or maybe you have seen that where uh, someone who you thought of as an enemy, and I would use the definition for enemy as somebody who is against us. Uh, maybe you've seen that in where they have extended an olive branch to you or uh, an act of kindness, and it kind of broke that, that animosity. Or maybe you were able to pray for them or love them yourself. And um, it just started melting that tension or that distrust between you. Yeah. So just open this up. And um, my meditation that I sent out was just on a very um, personal experience of um, with Jennifer and I. And when we first moved to, to Meeker, and I'll use the word, uh, I, I tried to use a lot of different words for the enemy, from enemy to antagonist to a foe and, and just to nemesis, just to, to recognize all the different ways that that person appeared in our life. But as, as we lived again in a small town and we worked with her, the um, amount of space that this antagonist, this enemy occupied in our mind just continued to grow and grow. Uh, to the point where it just consumed us. We were just obsessed with her. And, and just that occupation really prevented us from really living well and, and, and growing. And that's the other thing about harboring that, that hate and that resentment that we've talked about. It just, it just stagnates everything and we're unable to move forward and experience life. And so when we can start loving that person, start seeing their humanity, learning to forgive, finding that common ground. It really just opens up uh, 
a door for us and it can truly change the, the world, not only for us, but that person that we might have that difficult relationship with. And this moves on every single level from, um, you know, our very personal relationships. And then we also have to acknowledge, you know, sometimes we get so focused on the individual, but we never look at the systems that we are a part of. And these systems are made up of people, but it's very difficult to address the injustice of a system that oppresses people and groups of people and not attack a, a specific person. And, and so Jesus is, when he's talking about loving our enemies, he's talking about this on so many different levels and it's really complex. And I read so many different um, authors this week and they said, nothing is more challenging in our desire to, to follow Jesus than this command or this direction to love our enemies. And we have to, each of us have to work that out as far as what that means to us. And we can be supportive of one another, but it's truly um, uh, transformative. And so I um, hesitate, you know, to talk about Jesus's command to us to love our enemies, because it's something that I would say I, I usually fail at, or as my understanding of what it means to truly love someone who who has a different view it's it's scary it's a, a great risk and martin luther king who is one of my heroes of faith and he he truly loved his enemies and he was addressing addressing a system of oppression directed at a whole group of people and it's amazing to think of how he could possibly, as well as so many other people at that time during the civil rights movement, how they could love segregationists, white nationalists, white supremacists. Today, we might call them patriots. And yet not just himself, but this large movement of people, they were anchored in what Nuon calls first love that love of God, was, which is pure and solid and always present. And then they knew that that love of God wasn't just for them, but also for their enemies. And they were able to, to be a part of this movement and, and to love their enemies because they were rooted in that first love. And so I think when we, when we speak of loving our enemies, our antagonists, our nemesis, we have to start by being grounded in that love of God. And King said in a sermon on loving our enemies that Jesus meant every word that he said in our responsibility as people of faith is to discover the meaning of this command and to seek passionately to live it out in our daily lives. And of course, we know uh, the history of the, the civil rights movement and, and just the effort, that movement that just did not falter or move away from that first love and how it truly transformed our consciousness, not just of one or two people or a, a, an individual relationship between you know, a, a couple of neighbors, 
but that great love transformed the consciousness of our nation. And as we sit here today, we can see that there's just so much more work. We could say so much more love that needs to be manifested as we continue to have our, our hearts and our minds opened up to that great love and what it truly means to love everyone and to live in that beloved community. And this is kind of where the, the rubber hits the road, you could say, in our, our walk. Are we serious about following Jesus or not? Do we truly believe that that love is the answer, that it transforms us? And I remember in college, my, my friends and I, um, we would often play uh, games of penny ante poker. And for us, it was high stake pokers. You, High stake poker, when we, we would take all of our change, it'd be two or three dollars. <laughs> and so we play for pennies and everything. But at some point during the evening, there would be a pot out there and we would put all of our change, all of our money in the pot. It would be like a dollar and 52 cents or a dollar and 78 cents. And we would say, I'm all in. Everything I have, all my loose change. <laughs> is in that pot and we would risk everything to win that pot. And I was thinking about this this morning that to love our enemies is to be all in. It's to risk everything, absolutely everything for the love and the grace and the peace of God. And this is while as our understanding of it, and I'd say mine is very much in the very, the Genesis or the beginning, as we understand the, the cost of loving our enemy, it makes us sit back and go, am I willing to do that? Am I willing to truly love this adversary, this enemy? Am I all in? And of course, Jesus just didn't say, love your enemies, he actually did. And he realized if he continued to love those who were against him, that he would pay the ultimate cost with his life. You know, I was thinking um, not only this morning, but through the summer and the fall and, and, and the people uh, in our community, local community here, and, and just marching for peace and justice. And I believed wholeheartedly in their cause and in their ideas. And I was hesitant. I went with them one time, but I was hesitant to join the march because at some point they needed to turn around instead of marching away from the people who disagreed with them. They needed to turn to them and love them. And that's where it gets very, very scary. Because if they turned and faced their adversaries, those patriots, there could have been violence. There could have been death. But is this what Jesus is talking about when he says, love your enemies? Instead of just fleeing from them or ignoring them, that we actually turn towards them and we meet them. And we're willing to pay the ultimate price to show 
what love is. That love, as some of you mentioned, that love is greater than our fear. Love is greater than our anxiety. And so it means quite a bit. It's asking a lot of us to, to love our enemy. And Jesus just didn't say it, but he actually loved it. And God's grace shines on the evil and the good. The Spirit sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. And that scene on the cross epitomizes Jesus's love for his enemies. He could have called on his angels. He could have called on his supporters to attack and get revenge. But instead, from the cross, he chooses love. All the anger, all the violence, all that hatred is directed at him. And he returns love. And he says, forgive them, Father. They do not know what they are doing. He refuses to get involved in the hate. Instead, he continues to love his enemies, even to the point of his death. To love our enemies is to be all in. And in extreme cases, if we continue to choose to love as God loves us, it is a sacrifice. It might mean sacrificing our career. It might mean sacrificing our livelihoods. In an extreme case, it might even mean our life. But we do this for the sake of love and truth. To help bring that, that kingdom or heaven, help to bring it down here on earth. And this is why I'd rather not talk. <laughs> about loving our enemies, but it also transforms and heals our world. But it is costly. It's what we call redeeming grace. Mark Twain, and I'm just gonna paraphrase his expression, but he, he said, I don't worry about the Bible verses that I don't understand, but it's the ones that I do understand that worry me. And so Jesus commands us and asks us to love our enemies, to do good to those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, and to pray for those who treat us badly. And this command, which is so transformative, scares me to death the more I begin to understand what it ask of us, not just as individuals, but as a society. Because love, that deep sacrificial love, is so costly. But that same love, which we call agape, it's that type of love, that same love also inspires us, it inspires the church, and inspires a people, it inspires people of faith throughout history to truly seek change. And I just kind of stand in, in, in humble awe of Christians who have actually loved their enemies. And it's amazing and life-changing just to look at their witness 
and how transformative that love is and just also how risky it is and how, just the courage it, 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 it takes to truly love someone who is against us. And in loving them, we are also addressing a system that might be very oppressive to a group of people. And this was truly the case in, in our history, which we're still living, this history of segregation, this history of white supremacy. And to say, I will continue to love against the face of that hatred and that violence. The first love of God, which they, the, the civil rights activists carried with them to their enemies, changed the way that we saw the world. It exposed hate and it lifted up God's grace, God's peace, God's belovedness. I can remember a few years back, just after reading a, a few books on the on the civil rights movement and, and just being kind of enthralled by their actions and their courage and, and their faith. Uh, Jennifer and I and our kids, we went, we went with Andy and Roe uh, to Selma, Alabama. And I just wanted to walk across the Edmund Pettus Bridge and just to get a feel for what it was like. And I think the Edmund Pettus Bridge is maybe the symbolic apex in our country's, in our country's history of Jesus's command to love our enemies. And African-American citizens and faith leaders, civil rights activists, all of them collectively standing in God's grace, they refuse to fight or flee from the enemy. Now call that enemy the enemy of hate, the enemy of racism and segregation, that enemy that was suppressing their basic rights. They didn't flee from the enemy. Instead, they turned towards them. And I would say they loved him. Instead, in an act of great love and faith, they walked across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. And that was on March the 7th, 1965. So we just missed that anniversary by a week. And they met that enemy with love. And think of the courage, the faith that it took to walk in love and refuse to engage their adversaries with hate and with anger and violence, to surrender to the grace of God. And most of us are old enough to have pictures and images of that particular Sunday. It was called, it's known as Bloody Sunday. And it was an act of great love, sacrificial love. People were beaten and hospitalized and trampled upon, but they chose love and not hate. They chose nonviolence over violence. They chose beloved community and not sanctioned mob violence. 
in their love of God, the love they had for God's people was costly. But they played a very pivotal role in the transformation of our society about what it truly means to love. And it opened up our hearts and our minds to that. To love our enemies is to live the radical love of Christ for all of creation, for all humanity. It is to be all in. And it's risky and it challenges us. It is to turn the other cheek to walk the extra mile. It is to walk across the bridge and meet our enemies with God's sacrificial, courageous, transforming love and grace. And it is life-giving and transformative. As King said, it's the only way we can change that world. It's the only way that we can make our enemy our friend. And all of us are called and led by God in different ways. And as King said, Jesus meant what he said, that each of us have a responsibility today as people of faith to discover the meaning of his command to love our enemies and to live that out in our day-to-day -day lives. Nuance says an enemy is someone we have defined as against us. And this could be very different for all of us. But if we do have an enemy or an adversary, it, it separates us from one another. We are no longer one. The enemies have power over us. And we learn to let them go by learning to love and care for them. And this is really difficult, but it's also life-changing. It's what it means to live the gospel. And most of us here today probably will, will not be called to cross something as extreme as the Edmund Pettus Bridge under those circumstances. But all of us, every single one of us, are called to walk across a bridge to meet our adversaries, our foes, our enemies. We are called to, to pray for them and to love them. And this is enough of a challenge for all of us, I believe. But it truly transforms the world and helps bring that kingdom of heaven down here on earth. Yuan says, as people of faith, that we should be free people free from the power that we give to our enemies so that we can love every human being with divine love. And so my prayer for each and every one of us today is we can just examine our lives, those relationships we have with people who are close to us, as well as adversaries or opponents, and that we can make that commitment to love to love not just our neighbors, but to love our enemies. And let that first love be a source of healing, of grace, of restoration, 
Amen.